You're listening to Intentional Optimists, the podcast for unconventional leaders, where you'll find inspiration, learn to discover and develop your own strengths, and hear from inspiring women just like you who are making a difference in their community. Who knows, you just might find yourself stepping up as the next unconventional leader right where you are. I'm your host, Andrea Johnson, the original Intentional Optimist. Welcome to episode 97, Trust Yourself. How many times has someone told you that, especially in the middle of a decision or as you're wavering in doubt? Good grief, if I've heard it once, I've heard it a million times. The more I learn about myself, though, the more this phenomenon makes sense. You see, my internal makeup is predetermined to not trust myself. And here's some proof. I'm a Myers-Briggs INFP, meaning I love to look at all the angles and consider my options before making a decision. And that's the P part being perceptive instead of judging. This one makes my sister so crazy that she won't even go shopping with me anymore. She doesn't care how many colors that particular top is offered in. She likes the aqua and she's done. Me? I have to try them all on. Clearly, she doesn't need to do that. In my DISC, I'm an ICD, which means my motivating fear, of course, each one of the types has one, is rejection. It's that I or influencer part that gives me this really fun aspect of my personality. So I'm naturally sensitive to others' reactions and feedback. You know, thinking, hmm, did she mean that for me or the whole group? Or did they leave my name off that list on purpose? You know, that kind of thing. But I'm also, most likely, an Enneagram 6-wing 7, which means that I tend to gather data, all of my information, by polling those around me, looking for a consensus on a topic prior to moving forward. Ugh, do you hear all that? That innate lack of trust in my own ability to make decisions, my value and my opinions? This is what I work to overcome every single day. Granted, many will say, hey, that's the definition of growth, Andrea. And I'm not inclined to disagree, but I like to think I might have it harder than most. Well, not really. I know that you struggle with this same thing too, just in different ways. Am I right? Look at every decision that you haven't made, or worse, didn't make when you could have. Look at how you devalue your own worth by putting off the new things that you know would make a difference in your own happiness, satisfaction, or career growth. Look at how often you stay silent, afraid to speak for fear of offending someone, anyone, or even the thought that your opinions don't matter because you're not someone of importance. Well, that's our topic today, trust. In my conversation last week with Kara Batar, she shared her own story in which she was driven to achieve an external goal for her career, which would then indicate that she'd reached her potential only to realize that goal and her perception of it had absolutely nothing to do with who she really is, who she was created to be, and how she's wired. She realized through hard circumstances and diligent personal work that deep down, she knew that that was never the path for her, and she made a conscious decision to begin to trust herself to figure out exactly who she is and what she needed to be doing in order to thrive and help others flourish. Now, if you haven't had an opportunity to listen to that conversation, it's episode 96, and I encourage you to just scroll back one episode in the list and check it out. But let's talk about what it means to trust, especially to trust yourself. Now, you know me, I love a good dictionary definition, and this one doesn't disappoint. Are you ready? 
the definition of trust says, it's the firm belief in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. Its synonyms are confidence, belief, faith, and freedom from suspicion or doubt. Now, if you're familiar with my personal growth philosophy, intentional optimism, you'll recognize a few themes in here. In the tenet of optimistic, we find confidence, belief, and hope. In the tenet of courage, we find resilience, you know, getting up over and over and building our strength, character, doing what I say I'll do. And in the tenet of wise, it's respect of our boundaries and role modeling. Trust, you see, is integral to any relationship. Without it, there's no foundation upon which to build. Where there is no belief in the reliability of one's word or support or the strength of connection, we lose confidence and faith in that relationship. We become suspicious and doubtful. Now take this definition and these realities and walk over to the mirror and look yourself in the eye. Most of you, if you're honest, will admit that there's some area, at least, where you lack trust in yourself. It could be in an area as benign and simple as setting a goal of exercising four times this week, or as big and terrifying as finally deciding to walk away from that job or abusive relationship. Now, I'm not here to shame you today, and I am not here to tell you that you need to just get over it. I'm also not here to tell you to ignore the thoughts of fear and doubt and just do it. At best, that's horribly naive. At worst, it's dangerous. But what I am here to do is to give you some options based on my own journey and expertise on how to begin to trust yourself in the small areas and develop the courage and resilience you need to trust yourself in the big ones. I'd like to highlight three areas where trusting myself has really made a difference and how you can start learning to trust yourself right now. But first, where does mistrust come from? Well, based on the definition, somewhere along the line, we lose belief in the reliability, truth, or strength of our own value, abilities, or opinions. And some of this is due to natural inclination, you know, like me describing my personality type. Some of it is due to experiences and circumstances outside our control. But some, just shooting it straight here, is due to our own unwillingness to look deeper into our own reactions to those circumstances and situations. For instance, my sweet mother notoriously said to me one day, and I don't even remember exactly what it was for or why she said it, but she said, Andrea, not everyone wants to hear your opinion. Now, I give her the benefit of the doubt on this one because I was a very wordy, precocious child and tweener, and I now have a 13 and a half year old son with very similar traits. But hey, that can sound harsh. Unfortunately, instead of evaluating it, though, for what it could have been, a very helpful admonishment to, hey, girl, read the room, I allowed it to burrow deep down and become a pattern of thought that took years to overcome. Don't get me wrong here. I am not saying that those who put you down, gaslight you, and tell you that you are somehow less than because of your gender, skin color, economic status, personality type, or belief system aren't wrong or at fault. Because as women, there are already so many thoughts and socially accepted restrictions that are commonplace, adding on top of that just seems unreasonably cruel. And yet, people do. And it's not only injustices that feed this malady. It's expectations and standards. You might sigh and say, oh, Andrea, they're the same thing. And you have a point. Yet many of these standards are set by well-meaning, loving people like my mom. Sometimes it just feels easier to figure out a way to navigate all those potholes in the road than it does to repave it. 
but your thoughts can be different. Your thoughts can be the ones that break the cycle, ensuring that you're not the one perpetuating the same expectations and standards we've all been handed. You can learn to trust the reliability of your own intuition, the strength of your own value, and the validity of your own opinions. You see, I get angry, like really angry, when I watch another woman give in to what I perceive to be that inner voice telling her to stop. Don't rock the boat. It's not your place. Women don't do that job. He's more qualified. The only way to truly succeed, honey, is to be the best in the room. You see, none of these things are true. My mission, as I've stated many times in recent episodes, is to equip and empower female leaders to think critically, create imaginatively, and lead effectively in any situation, team, or organization. So how do you overcome mistrust? Well, you just heard my three steps. First, think critically. Next, create imaginatively in order to lead effectively. So let's go back to the definition, shall we? Trust. The firm belief in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. And let's put that into action. Think critically about what you don't currently trust in yourself. Ugh. I confess, my list has been a really long one. Silly things like walking past a bowl of chips and resisting one, to not blurt out my first thought in the middle of an argument. We could nitpick all day long, finding every little thing that you don't trust about yourself. But the reality is when you trust yourself in the big things, the little things are a no-brainer. It's the opposite, I know, of the conventional understanding of how that power usually flows. Normally, we talk about taking baby steps, you know, like small, consistent changes over time, yielding big results and all. But I tell you from personal experience, it will take you from here to eternity to inch your way from trusting yourself to not grab an extra chip to trusting yourself to make big, life-altering decisions. And, quite frankly, none of us has that long. So to think critically means that you're willing to step back from a thought, assumption, or belief and examine it from all sides. Ask yourself where it came from. Did it truly come from someone else? Or, like me, did it start as one thing and you made it something else? Is there evidence that supports it to the extent that it cannot be challenged? Or is the evidence one-sided? Yeah, what I'm talking about here can be a very scary process, I know, firsthand. But in order to learn to trust yourself, you must know what thoughts, assumptions, and beliefs are truly yours and which ones are not. You just need to know. Next, create imaginatively. Ask yourself where you can make changes that you never would have thought of before. This is your opportunity to make that critical thinking process just a little less scary. Try something new. Maybe it's reading or listening to a new viewpoint. Perhaps it's trying a new process or activity. When you let your curiosity out to play, even with topics or belief systems that are enormous in your world, you can create spaces where you truly are just exploring. The big issues can be reduced to manageable size, and you can place them all out where you can see them, kind of like on a table. I know that sounds incredibly abstract, but let me illustrate by sharing a personal story. When my mother died of cancer in 2017, it wasn't a surprise, but it was a shock to me. A big enough shock that I was willing to finally stop accepting everything I'd been told and start looking on my own. Now, mind you, 
I've been known in my family as being a critical thinker forever, mostly because I've always asked the question, why? A lot. (laughs) About pretty much everything. But as an adult, I found myself wanting to fit in more and more. So I just dug deeper and deeper into the cultural norms in which I lived and worked. That shock, realizing that my beautiful, intelligent mother was gone, and I am now the oldest female in my family, sent me on a journey. I don't want to get too serious here, so I'll just cut to the chase. You see, I discovered podcasts. I also discovered female theologians. I also discovered discord between female theologians, and I wanted to know what the hullabaloo was all about. So I looked up and downloaded Jen Hatmaker's podcast. Now, the silly part of this story is this. The very first time I turned that podcast on, I was in my car with my windows up. And as I pulled out of my driveway, I looked both ways for cars and for anyone who might notice or hear that I was listening to that podcast. When I realized what I was doing, I laughed so hard I nearly swerved off the road. Ever since, I remind myself that I want differing viewpoints. I want to be able to see and hear the beauty in another person's ideas, whether or not I agree with them on every point. That one action allowed me to imagine a new future. Just the silliness of looking around to see if anybody could hear what I was listening to in my car with my windows rolled up, I'm still shaking my head. I hope to one day be able to share that story with her as she has inspired me with her courage to move through the critical examination of my own thoughts, assumptions, and beliefs with intense and creative imagination. You might find, like Kara Batar, that a specific yoga practice is a great place to begin. Or, like my friend Lee McCraw-Levitt, that an art practice will allow you to process all that thinkery. If you're a mom of small children, Maybe looking at how you teach them differently is the creative outlet you need. No matter what you choose, creating an appreciation and room for your own thoughts, intuition, and opinions will give you the courage to examine the ones that are already there, the ones that you have, a lot more closely. Leading effectively is then an authentic outpouring of understanding who you are. Not so much a third step as it is a result, being an effective leader will put you in positions, rooms, circumstances, and opportunities where you can truly shine. Having the skill of critical thinking will allow you to evaluate options, exercise discernment, and make wise decisions for yourself. Remember, the first person you lead is you. As you dig deeper and get to know yourself, the woman you've always been but might not have understood a new kind of confidence emerges, a belief and understanding that even when you don't know the answer, you can figure it out, a freedom from constant second-guessing every major decision because you know that you can always reevaluate and get creative to find the answer, faith that as you lead others, you will continue to think critically through the options and opportunities in order to find creative solutions. You might call it trust. When you trust yourself, others are drawn to trust you as well. When they trust you, you can lead them. You can be an effective leader. So what's stopping you? Trust is integral to any relationship, especially the relationship you have with yourself. When you look in the mirror, do you see someone you trust? Are you someone who appears to have it all together on the outside but is truly wasting away on the inside because you don't 
truly trust who you are, who you were created to be? Everything I share here on this podcast, my friend, is for you. Yeah, I get angry when I see women climb into that box they've been told is the extent of their power and influence because I was that woman. It's time to trust you. My passion is to equip and empower you. How can I help you think more critically? Do you need help creating imaginative options? Well, here I am. It brings me great joy to watch you realize your own leadership potential as you develop trust in yourself. So the question is, how can I help you? Check out my website, the link is in the show notes, and see if you'd like to chat more. If so, you can email me or set up a 30-minute consultation where we can figure out a really good strategy for you. Now, before I go, I'd like to continue to ask you for a favor. Would you please share this podcast with a friend? It's always great to get a rating and a review, but the reality is that most people, I believe I just saw a percentage, 45% of people listen to a new podcast because a friend recommended it. I know that's true of me. Almost all the podcasts I listen to were recommended by a friend or colleague. And with limited time and attention, it's important that I listen to ones that truly benefit me and my growth. So if this podcast has done that for you, especially today in the area of self-trust, please share. I would greatly appreciate it. I love meeting you here each week. So thank you for the privilege of your time today. Until next time. Hey, thanks for spending your precious time with us today. If you love this podcast and find it to be uplifting and helpful, follow us or subscribe, then please take a moment and leave a review in one of those amazing five-star ratings. You can also snap a screenshot right where you listen, share it to social media, and tag me. This helps others find us and will have an even bigger impact. If you're curious what it would be like to work more closely with me or to step up as an unconventional leader yourself, schedule a free discovery session and we'll chat. But maybe you're an entrepreneur looking for a support team. I'd like to personally invite you into my collaborative community, Launch from the Beach. It could be just what you're looking for. All of my contact information and all the links are included in the show notes. And don't forget, you can always connect with other intentional optimists in our Facebook community. You can follow my Facebook or Instagram page, or even connect with me on LinkedIn. Additionally, I invite you to subscribe to my newsletter, Optimistic Living. It's good stuff delivered straight to your inbox on a not so strict schedule, but always from the heart. Remember, unconventional leaders lead at every level in any area using their unique gifts. And you, my friend, are a leader. You are the future of leadership and the role models for future generations. Until next time.